Okay, so good evening everyone. It's already 6 p.m. So welcome to this episode of Atoani Learn series where we share to you insights um, about different sustainable solutions, for instance, of cycling, which is what we will be discussing in our webinar today. So we will be joined by our guest panelists from Club and El Paz, whom we will get to know more about later. So to everyone, who is um, watching right now, stay tuned and do put in the comment section where you're watching. You can also share this live stream to your respective social media accounts to have more people learn from the discussion. Okay, so I'd like to introduce our topic. This is episode three of Ato Ani Learn series where we will discuss about reimagining upcycling under the new normal. So I will be your moderator for today. I'm Ovi, and um, my line of work is in strategy, digitalization, and innovation. And I volunteer during my free time. And I'm also passionate about sustainability, which I express through the social ventures Atoani Biopat and Atoani. And although my background is in chemical engineering and um, business, far from sustainability courses, um, but the same as everyone here, I'm excited to learn more about this topic from our guests, panelists who are really working on upcycling. So now to kick off the topic, a lot of you might ask, why should we even talk about upcycling now? And um, why are we even having this webinar in the first place? You know, there are a lot of topics we can talk about, like this pandemic, but why this? So I know that we are all aware of the COVID-19 pandemic and it has struck the world in all aspects from the people, the government, the economy, and there has its devastating effects. But it is indeed a bigger problem that we are facing right now. But we could not erase the fact that our planet is slowly dying because of the things that we people are doing which harm the environment. So to give you an idea, let me share a few, a few statistics to prove this. So these numbers are captured yesterday from the website, The World Counts. So this, The World Counts provides you real-time data about the most pressing issues that the world is facing. So if you look at these numbers, as, yes, as of yesterday, for this year alone, 2020, there are over 3 trillion plastic bags that are produced and more than 7 million tons of plastic waste are dumped in our oceans. And around 6 billion tons of solid waste is generated from clothing, electronic, the plastic waste, right? So look at these numbers. These are in the tunes of billions and trillions and millions. And this sounds alarming, right? So that is why we organized a discussion around this topic, particularly on reducing plastic and clothing waste through upcycling. Now, to shed light um, about upcycling, our panelists for today will share some practical insights about this and more. And I'm excited to ask them some questions and I believe um, they're, you're excited to ask your questions as well. So don't forget to type in your questions in the comment section so that we can view them for our panelists to answer. We would really love to have those questions that you have. And we would also love if you could um, share some likes and heart reacts on this Facebook live stream. Okay, so without further ado, let me introduce to you our panelists for today. 
um, who are also sustainability advocates. So I've known them to make sense. Glenn is a fellow incubatee under the Plastic Smart Cities program of the Make Sense Incubation Program. And Julia is a fellow volunteer under the Reaction Program supporting the Water and Life Organization. So they will be introducing themselves to us one by one. All right. So I would like to first call in Glenn Ongpin. He is the co-founder and CEO of Gloop, which is working on upcycling of plastic waste. So Glenn, kindly turn on your video and mic, please, and tell us more about you and what you do. Thanks, Will V. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Glenn Ongpin. I'm a recent graduate of Materials Engineering from UP Diliman. And as Will V said, I'm one of the co-founders of Clue. So we're a social enterprise, and our aim is to close the loop on waste. So what we do is that we work together with communities in need, like the urban poor, women groups, persons with disabilities, and more. And we provide them the technology and the support so they can earn extra income through waste recycling. So because of that, these communities are able to turn plastic waste that they have in their communities and turn them into high-value products. So one example, one of the things we're working on are plastic tiles made from plastic waste. So these were made from sandbags. And through our machines and through our community partners, we're able to create something very similar to this. So great. So um, last year, we were able to win a competition called Climathon. And because of that, we were able to partner with Pasig City. And now we're in the process of setting up our pilot site there. So we're going to be launching at the end of this month. So stay tuned. I'm really excited to be here in this call and really learning, talking a bit more about upcycling and what we do at Loop, as well as what we can do in the waste management problem in general. Glad to be here. Okay, thank you, Glenn. So I'm excited to learn more about what you will do next month as what you have told us. And I'm sure everyone who's watching right now is also excited as well. So stay, um, stay tuned to more updates about Clue. Now, next, let me call on our next panelist, um, Julia Vicente. She is the owner of Alfas and he advoc she advocates for sustainable clothing. So, Julia, I want you to kindly turn on your video and mic, please, and tell us more about you. Hi, guys. I'm Julia Vicente. I'm 19 years old. I'm a current second-year college student at Del Sol University of Manila, and I'm studying political science. So, like what will be said earlier, I'm the owner of Alpas, and Alpas is basically my own little baby. It's just a small business, and we're just starting out. So my main plan for this business is to create sustainable clothing. And while that is in the works because of the current pandemic, which caused the delay in our production and our resourcing, um, I've currently started um, selling plants, tops, and sunnies to raise funds for my future projects and for my future items that we will be releasing soon, as well as to donate for the COVID-19 initiatives. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here and I hope you learn a lot from us. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. So, you know, um, so much for that volunteer effort and also, you know, helping during this time of the pandemic. So now, now that, thank you so much. Now that all our panelists are here, I can now open all their mics and um, videos. Um, let's start with the first question. So um, I'll be calling each of you one by one. So this is directed to both of you so that um, we avoid overlap. So right now, I'm actually curious um, to know what is your opinion about um, the plastic, you know, global plastic and textile waste problem? So I've learned from our previous webinar of, about the refilling economy that um, the waste generated 
right now around the world has increased significantly since the start of the pandemic. So, um, Glenn, we can probably start with you. Yeah. So when you were presenting those insights earlier today, like there's three trillion plastic bags being generated this year. Like as I will to really, I, it's really hard for me to imagine that kind of number. But then I was looking at other studies and statistics, and I was able to really like visualize how big the plastic problem really is. So for example, one study I saw, they found the equivalent of a garbage truck entering the ocean every minute, and that's just in plastic waste. And another study I saw, there was plastic waste um, in the oceans is going to triple by 2040 if we're going at the rate that we're going right now. And even more alarming is that by 2050, if we're still on the same path, there's going to be a lot more plastic than fish in the oceans. So I'm able to see all of these things. I'm like, is there really a way to deal with the plastic waste problem? It seems like such a big thing we can do. So um, yeah, that's my opinion on it. There's, it's a big problem, but the way to do it is to take it piece by piece and solve it one by one. So even though we start with small actions, these two build up to big things over time. Um, so regarding plastic waste, we did say, should we totally eliminate plastic waste? And you know, I, I think something I would say is a different viewpoint than for most people because we often demonize plastic waste. I mean, we always see a lot of programs that always ban plastic waste and all of that. So for me, I studied materials engineering. So throughout my studies, I was able to find out that plastic is such a useful material. It's really changed the world of manufacturing. It makes a lot of goods and products more accessible to a lot more people. So from what I can tell, like looking at this whole problem, it's not really in the material itself. The problem is in how we manage the waste itself. So I think for me, the target in how we solve this plastic problem isn't by demonizing plastic waste. It's to change how we see plastic instead of looking at it as something we uh, try to avoid altogether. It's, we should just view it instead as a resource we can use to uh, create new products instead. I, I'll talk more a bit about I'll talk a bit more about that uh, in the next uh, uh, in the coming minutes. But I also want to talk about how we should rethink as well our waste management systems so that we can make them more effective place. So that's my take on it. It's that there's it's a big problem, but we really need to rethink how we're approaching it right now. Yeah, so I, I think that's for me. I'm really excited to see about the textile problem as well. Maybe Julie can give us a bit more insights on that. Okay, so just to add to what Glenn said, basically, parehas lang kami nang sasabihin, no? So, today, we produce about 300 million tons of plastic waste every year, and 50% of those is coming from single-use plastic. So, that's like nearly equivalent to the entire weight of the entire human population. And... Second to oil, the clothing and textile industry is the largest polluter in the world and nearly 20% of the global wastewater is produced by the fashion industry. So globally, there is a continuous production of textile fibers and apparel used, for fashion and retail, used by the fashion and retail industry, which amounts to more than 110 million tons every year. And this is leading to the generation of high amounts of unnecessary textile waste. For instance, 20% um, and 20,000 liters is the amount of water needed to produce one kilogram of cotton, which is also equivalent to a single t-shirt and a pair of jeans. So just imagine that every day, um, these retail industries are producing more than thousands, hundreds of thousands of um, pieces of clothing. And that's just like 
so much, right? So you guys do the math. That's just a lot. And so, <laughs> sorry, if there are these global trends that will continue to persist by 2050, like what Glenn said earlier, there will be more plastic than fish in the sea. And the textile sector is expected to represent um, a quarter of the world carbon budget, which will reach up to 300 million tons of textile waste. And again, which will amount to um, 22 million of microplastic, which will be released to the oceans in that same year. So like what we've um, discussed, ganun talaga siya karami every single day, kahit ngayong pandemic, like the production of plastic is not stopping. And for our continuous discussion later, we, re- we are going to discuss about the current pandemic situation and how this um, affected the textile and the waste problem of plastics. Will be. Okay, so thank you so much for that, Glenn and Julia. Those are really insightful, right? So those are, we've invited them because they're coming from two viewpoints, like plastic and textile, because I know these are the two biggest problems that we have right now. And I, I, I do believe, we've shared it in the statistics earlier, how alarming it is, you shared about um, how it can affect, but sometimes we, we sometimes forget this because there's the much bigger problem. And you're right, there's the pandemic, but there's this bigger problem. So this leads me to actually my next question, which is, um, okay, my next question is, was there a significant changes in the plastic textile waste problem during this pandemic? Because we're talking about this pandemic and if there has been significant changes. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, so well, the, the statistics you're looking at earlier, I guess that was in the context of looking at things, how we were pre-pandemic, and it was bad then. Let's take a look at how things are now. So looking at the different data and looking at different studies, we just find that you know in many different Asian countries, there's a lot, the generation of single-use plastics and disposables has just really shot through the roof right now. Um, there's lots of reasons why it could come out from the whole pandemic. So number one, a lot of medical waste is made from plastic. So we can't really do anything about that. Um, it's really necessary to be able. We can't. We can't compromise public safety and health. Okay. So we need to make sure that. You know, that's one thing. Plastic waste does come out of that, and we have to dispose of these kinds of things properly. So that's in the realm of medical waste. But one of the other things that we've seen also is that there's a lot of uh, e-commerce and delivery activity going on. So lots of people are at home. They're, they're at home basically because they can't go out, right? So what people do is that they try to buy from restaurants. They just have it delivered to their house. They, I think, you know, for a lot of people, uh, a, a way to deal with this whole pandemic is that they go online shopping, seeing for the latest sales, right? Um, and you know, when people do buy, it does create a lot of plastic waste throughout all of this. So I think those are the some of the main factors that really contributed to lots of disposable single-use plastics being generated during this period. So, right, and aside from that, on the personal side, it's also for a lot of businesses. You know, I was in this conference uh, a week, a few weeks ago or so, and these lots of different businesses talked about how they're shifting back to their old habits of single-use plastics because, you know, they have to save money. They're really in survival mode right now. And one of the cheaper options is going back to disposables. And I think for me, it's pretty saddening that sustainability does take a back burner sometimes. But I see it from their perspective that, um, they do want to minimize the spread of infection. That's why they're also trying to shift towards single-use plastics as well. But then again, um, just because it's single-use doesn't mean it's necessarily safe. I think that's one of the big misconceptions that we have right now is that 
it's okay to use single-use plastics and use more of it because um, we don't have to worry about, uh, we have to minimize the spread of infection. And that's totally not the case. There's a lot more things we can do. We don't have to throw away our reusable uh, habits. I can get a bit more into that later, but I'd also love to hear the discussion as well on the textile industry. But yeah, just to summarize, uh, because of the pandemic, lots of people are staying at home. They're really doing lots of deliveries. Uh, yeah, and all of that. And these all contribute to plastic waste. So it's really the change of habits because of this whole pandemic that's really contributed to uh, more generation of plastic. Yeah. What about you, Julia? I'd love to hear about the textile part <laughs> instead. <laughs> Actually, to add to what you said, again, there is a sudden increase talaga in the plastic waste and composition due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For instance, like what Glenn said earlier, there are more single-use face masks now, um, other plastic materials, like especially when there are um, online deliveries. Yeah, like for me, for example, I, I do buy a lot online, but now I'm trying to stop. And also, for example, for restaurants, um, the food... Siyempre, yun, production pa rin ng plastic and other um, um, materials that we can't really recycle and reuse. So, yeah, like what Glenn said nga, um, it is not a reason for the people, for, the, for these productions to go through just because we're in a pandemic that we should be creating more single-use plastic because there are a lot of other materials and other resources that we could use in order to utilize and to um, provide for the people while we're at home. And for example, um, we could reuse um, our own Tupperwares, containers. Like for me, my sister has an online business and I actually posted there that if the people are going to pick it up from our home, they could bring their own containers and we're going to give them a really huge discount because that's going to help not only the people but also the environment. So yes. <laughs> Miss Yeah, I'd also like to add, it, add to that as well, Julia, because we really are doing a lot of plastic in deliveries and all of that. I think it's high time we also look at different options for uh, packaging as well. I think yeah. that's one of the big things. I've seen a lot of businesses coming up right now that's looking at eco-friendly packaging. Like lots of online groups I'm part of, they're using newspaper instead to package instead of plastic. They're looking at biodegradable materials. Maybe Will, we could give us a bit more insight as well on that. But yeah, I, I think that's out of all of this, there's lots of people are still very um, focused on really trying to build up sustainability. And I think that's the light at the end of the tunnel because a lot of more people are waking up to the problem of plastic waste. It's something a lot of more people are talking about now. And we should just try exploring what different materials, as you said, Julia, like biodegradable materials, other uh, packaging as well. Maybe Ilvi we'll, we'll can give us more insights on that. Yeah, actually, um, I would agree with you. There are what we've shared in previous webinars, and later, Joanna will tell more about what we're doing at Atoani Biopath, like making use of agro-industrial ways to convert it into biodegradable packaging. But more than that, I think I would really love what you said, Glenn, about um, the habits, and also it's reiterated by Julia, the habits that change actually more of the, um, you know, the... I'm guilty of this sometimes as well because we have these deliveries and it's the safe way to go now instead of going out. So I think of the habits part, because of that, it actually triggered the increase in plastic. And that's why it's good to like 
look into um, the ones that we are doing right now at Club, at Alpas, for example, or what we're doing at Ato Ani Biofac and other um, like Refill Under uh, Refill Under Road or Salin last webinar. What we're doing in terms of reducing this plastic waste, right? So now, um, considering that I mentioned about what you're currently doing, so this leads me to my next question, which is actually, can you tell us more about upcycling? Because probably not everyone um, knows about upcycling. So who would want to start? You want to go ahead, Julia? Okay, sure. yeah. okay Julia. <laughs> okay. So first, I want to differentiate upcycling from recycling. Because a lot of people ask me this, ano ba yung upcycling? Like, why do you always say upcycling, not just recycling, right? So, a lot of people don't know, and now we're going to tell you. So, recycling means solely reusing that item for its original purpose. But when you upcycle something, it's taking this single item and creating a new life from it and creating a new purpose for that item. So, for example, ang pinaka-main example of this would be Plastic bottles, right? Like, you can see a lot of people using it as pots for their plants. And also, um, you can reuse it for, like, the water. Like, for example, for me, Salmon, um, there are times where the water is just stops running, right? Like, yung mga problems ng Maynila, sorry. Pero kailangan talaga siyang sabihin. So, yung mga um, plastic bottles namin here, empty plastic bottles, we refill them with water and save water so we just keep it there. So, yeah, like, upcycling is a method of sustainability that a lot of people can do even when they're at home, even using, like, any material you can think of, basically. So, yeah, Glenn, would you like to add to that? Yeah, you you did summon a lot of the key points I was going to say. <laughs> so, I'll just, I'll go, I guess, just to reiterate what you said, like, Recycling is just really taking products at the end of their life and repurposing them to something new. Now, the key difference with that, with upcycling, is that you create value out of something that was like a low-value item. Like, for example, plastic waste. When you throw it away, it becomes like waste. People don't really care about it. It becomes a bit worthless. But then the difference with upcycling is that you transform it so it becomes a high-value product. You're essentially creating value and using it as a resource to create something new about it. So that's pretty much, yeah, as you said, you did cover the basic idea of upcycling, which is creating value out of something, something something out of it. And I think what I want to reiterate here is that we Filipinos, uh, we do really have a recycling culture, especially here. Like, for example, how many times have you gone to your refrigerator, opened the freezer, like, wow, I'm excited about ice cream, and you open it, isda pala, anaman. So that's something that a lot of Filipino families do. Like, when you go to the groceries and take up plastic bags, like, you don't usually throw it away, right? You just put it under the sink to use it again. So it's really embedded in our culture to do recycling. I, I've spoken to my friends from other countries, and they're really amazed at how, how far we've taken this kind of recycling culture. It's something that we do a lot often. So I, I guess that's another piece of hope for us, is that in our country, it's something we do on a normal basis. It's just we have to take it a, bit, a step further on how we can deal more with the plastic problem. And aside from upcycling, another very related concept that I want to share with the audience is the idea of a circular economy. So I'm sure we're uh, all familiar with the idea of like once we use something, for example, say a plastic bottle, as you said, Julia, once we drank the water, we put it in the trash can, what happens afterwards? Uh, the 
collectors pick it up and they put it to landfills. And if it's not properly managed, it even ends up in oceans. That's why we have this really big problem of um, plastics leaking into the nature. So the idea of a circular economy is instead of plastic or actually any type of waste material, um, at the end of its life going to, like let's say, landfills, we put them back into the economy as something useful through methods like recycling and upcycling. So just to make a bit of a plug for ourselves, that's where we get the idea of clo closing the loop for us. We divert plastic waste that's generated by people in communities and we transform them into high-value products, putting them back into the economy and creating value out of this resource. So as I said, the circular economy is something that we have to rethink about. We have to rethink what we count as waste altogether. And we have to start redesigning products and systems so that they can be part of the circular economy. Because the way we do our waste management right now is all about getting the waste from our homes into the landfills. It's time we overhaul that and start asking ourselves, how do we rescue and divert plastic away from landfills into new resources, something we can input back into the circular economy? So yeah, those are the two ideas I really wanted to share about, upcycling and circular economy. It's something that we really work on at Kloop, as well as Alpas. And actually, a lot of startups are working on it right now. So that's what I'm super happy about. Because little by little, people are taking action, turning their passion for the environment and sustainability, and creating something new out of it. So there, that's it. <laughs> I think that those are really good points that you shared, Julia and Glenn, about, um, of course, upcycling. That this is one thing. And the whole circular economy thing that you mentioned, that there's a lot of things really to it. And you know, um, what you wanted here as well is to share the awareness and to have more people learn about these things, have it as a movement. I believe there are those starting this already, but I think it should be more people because there's a lot of Filipinos and I think only a few are doing this right now. All right. So now, um, I'd like to share next question. Um, how can we then address um, the plastic and the textile waste in general, the problem that we have in here through upcycling, especially now in the context that we are under the new normal? And you mentioned that there has been like significant changes due to the behavior. And so there's a shoot off or increase in the, you know, this waste that are generated. Yeah, that's going to be a big challenge because right now it's really hard to move around, especially for us. I would say like Alpas, we've also been hit hard by the pandemic. We're not able to move as freely as we're able to do so before. So I guess one of the things we can do is start, first of all, start with ourselves. Let's look at what little actions we can make because, you know, small actions multiplied by millions of people can create huge impact. I forgot who said that, but it's something that's really resonated with me for the past few days or so. Because it really is true. If we can get more people to get on this sustainability chain and being able to change and shift their habits, we're able to create a lot of difference in, in this uh, up in the plastic waste problem in the new normal. Um, I, I said this a while ago. Uh, don't throw away your zero waste habits. I saw this publication by Safe Philippine Seas and lots of different plastic um, and nature organizations. They released this guide that explains um, how to do how to work with reusable plastics in the new normal. It's something that's really inspired me. And yeah, I guess just to share some key points from that, um, as I said earlier, single-use plastics doesn't necessarily mean safer. We just have to get that kind of misconception out of our head. And we have to figure out that, and we have to, uh, as I said, we have to look into, again, reusable plastics. It's okay to still use reusables. 
as long as you still take the necessary precautions and health measures. So that means cleaning and disinfecting after every use. But it's still okay to use them. Don't throw away your zero-waste habits just because we're in a pandemic. There's still so much more you can do. Um, aside from that, one thing I've really seen a lot of people do lately is that they're doing lots of challenges. They challenge themselves to shift their habits, taking a conscious effort to do that. Lots of my friends right now, they're trying to cut back on the number of deliveries that they make every every week. So I see some people from, from five to three to once a week. Na lang. So it's really inspiring to see that. Really taking change and making a, really shifting your habits. Okay. Uh, it's a lot more things I could say, but I'd love to hear about what you would say as well, Julia. What other things we can work on as citizens as well? I actually agree with everything you said, Glenn. Again, pareso naman tayo ng insight. So, for me, change really starts with yourself. Although change is a collective effort, if you're not doing anything, if you're not doing your part, paano na yung change talaga na gusto mong mangyari? So, like what Glenn said earlier and what I've said earlier, for example, sa deliveries, we should cut back on the deliveries talaga. Or for example, if you're going to um, order something online, maybe you could order it with your friends who live around you so that like they, it could only be in one delivery. So like less less plastic waste and less, you know. And I'd like to share, I guess, more examples of upcycling that you can do at home. So for me, for Alpas, like all of our packaging for the plants, the clothes, the sunnies, they're all recycled and they're all upcycled. So all of those um, packaging materials are coming from our home lang. Because for me here at home, we have so much um, things that we could use, like so much things that we could be upcycling. For example, the paper bags from groceries, um, plastic bags from groceries. And upcycling is also a... M- method of expressing yourself um for some people i saw this girl online um she's using um upside the method of 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 upcycling to showcase her art um she's painting on different plastic materials and then she's selling them online so you know like while you're upcycling and you're helping the environment you're also providing income for yourself diba so ayun like i think we should see it not only as something for other people but for us as well because we're living in this environment and if we don't put a stop to to the production of plastic and um, textile waste nothing will happen like there's no change that's going to happen so again like we should start from our home we should start with ourselves and we could share this information with others so going on to the textile problem um, for me, uh, recently I got myself a mini sewing machine and I started um, upcycling my own clothes. Like the clothes that I don't usually wear or the clothes that don't fit me anymore. Um, I made different bags, um, different tops out of them. And actually, ito, not a lot of people know this, but thrifting or upay uhay, it's actually a method of upcycling and sustainability as well because you're actually reducing the waste of uh, textile and uh, retail industries waste. So, ayun. Miss Wilby, do you want to add to that? I think yeah. you've so much that. Yes. Actually, um, I really agree with what you... you actually shared a lot of insights and you know insights that are not usually guys i've mentioned about upcycling back a high level and then only like big or startups can do this but you know even through simple things um we um like staying at home or even people who are not really into this can actually help 
in upcycling as what Glenn and also what you, Julia, have shared about. And I think more people as well um, are, you know, curious. And yeah, they, there's some comments. Yes, trip shopping and all. So I'm just reading some of the comments. There's actually a question here. So I actually, this leads me to my next one, I think that's the last question that we have, but we are open again to yeah. more questions coming from our audience. Again, we wanted you to type in your questions in the comment section. If you have, don't forget your likes, your heart reacts, and you can always share this um, live stream to your respective Facebook pages and Facebook um, accounts. So now um, I will be reading the first uh, question. So yeah. here's this question about upcycling. Oh, yeah. yeah, before we get to that, I, I did have some things that I just thought about, but maybe yeah. some other things that people would like to talk about. Uh, some other insights Ooh. people can do as well. Yes. Um, one thing that I've done that's really helped me in my sustainability journey is that I've joined lots of online groups, like you know, zero waste groups. And as you said, Julie, there's lots of ways you can upcycle. That's where I get lots of inspiration. You know, my family like doing a lot of these kinds of activities as well. My mom wants to build a birdhouse. So I think there's lots of ways you can look to cut upcycling as well. And you can get inspiration from these kinds of groups and really connect with people, like-minded people. So you can see how you can turn that, I don't know, that old shoe, old clothes that you have into something new and breathe new life into them. That's one thing I would really, really recommend. The second thing I would look at is, um, lot, there's lots, right now, there's still lots of organizations that still collect plastic waste, okay? So, um, yeah, uh, I don't want to mean the names right now, but you can look at um, collecting what you have at home and you can find the different kinds of plastic organizations near you in your area and you can try dropping it off there at those uh, sites where they can upcycle it into something new as well. So yeah, those are the two things I would also like to add to the insights before we go into the other questions. Yeah, awesome. And also, Julia, do you have something to add in that um, line as well? With regards to upcycling and probably not upcycling, um, sustainability or about, you know, how to take part and being part of groups? Actually, I like Glenn, I've also um, joined a lot of zero waste groups recently, especially when I started um, this like whole advocacy and living out like my own passion. And through those groups, I've actually learned more on how I can recycle, upcycle, on how I can produce zero waste. And yeah, like like what Glenn said earlier, it's really important to share these information with others because again, change is a collective effort. And again, it should always start with us. So again, Miss Wilby. Yeah, cool. So I would like to pin that um, comment. Change is a collective effort and it should always start with us. <laughs> All right. So now let's have the first question is, is from Ms. Francesca Castro. So the question is, doesn't the upcycling process emit harmful gases also? I think probably they're um, concerned about doing this because so... Upper uh, plastics. Yeah. Yeah. So um, does it emit harmful gases? That's the question you're asking, right? Throughout this whole thing. So for that's I think that's really specific towards our process. So what we do in our process is that we uh, get plastic waste, we put it through our shredder machines, and then we put it through... Um, different types of boulders. And then, as you said, we do subject it to high amounts of heat so that it does melt and mold. And I guess one thing that people are looking at is the fumes, are they toxic? So I want to say, um, in a way, they're not the best for your health, but we can still find ways to really manage these fumes and really work with it properly. So that's one thing we've been doing at Two is that we've been developing these fume management systems 
systems to make sure that in the communities that we're working with, it's that we, number one, we don't subject the materials that we're working with to very high levels such that they emit mga large uh, toxic gases. So we really try to find a way to minimize that. And number two, we provide mga safety precautions, like as I said, the few management system. So those are the things we're working on right now. Yun. So it's all about making sure the health, first and foremost, as a priority of everyone. So we want to make sure that, you know, with the process that we do make, we're still keeping our community partners safe. Yeah. I think um, I agree with you, Glenn. So probably not all, um, well, not so much into that, although I have chemical engineering background as well. Um, I would agree that you should keep that, um, if, as long as there's precautions as, as what you're doing at Loop, it's actually okay. And um, usually th those that emit gases, um, those that are in the landfills, and there are other materials or plastic waste that are together with that. That's why it's harmful. Okay, so um, now there's actually a lot of comments about trip shopping. So probably people can relate to trip shopping and donating old clothes to the home for the aged or the orphanage. And um, ah, they mentioned about a Kubrick from plastic. So this, there's this next question about upcycling. So why upcycling materials are most expensive? They can be made from waste. So this is coming from Nico. So why are they expensive? I think this can apply to both of you, Glenn and Julia. Okay, I think I can start with that. So for me, I think um, upcycling materials or upcycling upcycled items are more expensive because they are... Um, crafted uniquely by each individual. For example, if um, I forgot, there's a lot of businesses out there doing upcycling and they're actually producing um, a lot of their items and they're selling their items. And like what I said earlier, they're not exactly the same. Like each upcycled product and each upcycled material is made with luck and with effort and with hard work. And again, if you don't, if you don't think that they should be that expect that too expensive or if you think that you could do it on your own you should do it on your own because um these people like i've said earlier the one that one girl that i said who's actually purchased she, who's promoting her art through upcycling is um selling her items um it's only a way of her to showcase her um express to, to show her expression of her art and her identity and to also promote again the method of of upcycling so if you you have other ideas that could help us, you know, upcycle. You could just comment it down below. And yeah, Glenn? Yeah, for, for, for me as well, the reason, I, I guess the question is, right, why are upcycled products a bit more expensive than normal, right? So I guess, you know, from a business standpoint, materials are material costs are only one part of the thing. You always have to worry about labor, you know, machine costs, electricity, all of that. There's lots of things that go into, well, in our process, Specifically, lots of things go into making the product from plastic waste into a premium high-quality product. And as I said, Ju as Julia said, it is very artisanal. We do work with the communities in making sure that every piece is always unique, one of a kind, and really being able to, uh, yeah, as I said, that kind of story as well. So really just trying to provide you mga opportunities to those less fortunate mga communities in need. So. I, that's why for some products, they're, a lot, they're more expensive than others. But they know that it is for a good cause. And it does divert waste away from landfills and really does rescue it. You know, Even those small items, it does go a long way. As long as more people are able to patronize these kinds of things. 
I hope that answers your question regarding the, the pricing over some upcycled products. Uh, I would totally agree with you. So I think it's more of this, um, like not only sustainable products or even organic products, all of this is expensive. I think probably because less people have a demand for this and probably later on, I don't know, um, later on it can go down once we increase the demand, there's economies of scale. And I think I agree with you. It's really, if you have the heart for, there's a story, you mentioned about the story behind each of these products that was created. And I think that's what you are paying for it. Not actually the product, but what you're paying for it, the the, the story behind the product that they're creating. Okay, so uh, I think there's a lot of comments. You mentioned um, about comments from, say, from Kathleen. You can visit Singapore. They have this program of burn, burning waste plastic, but turn dirty air to good energy. That's really good. And Echo Bricks as well. So um, I think there's no more questions to you. So if you have more questions, please keep them coming. But if if in because we have less time already, it's 6.40. So I think um, if you have questions, I think our panelists are active in Facebook, very active in Facebook, and I always comment there. And please feel free to share your um, respective pages as well. We're trying to pin it, but um, yeah, it's in the not pin comment. So, all right. So Yeah, if ever you have any additional questions, feel free to message us at group. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Julia, as well. You can also message me privately on Facebook or our page. Alpas, it's shopalpasph or our Instagram at shop.alpas. Yeah. Oh, there's one more. I would like to like kind of answer this because this, this just came up. This is from Carla Balmoris. Any interesting upcycled products that you would recommend for minimalist buyers? Yeah. Anyone can like um, share. Well, Shampre, plug namin yung sweetie namin products, diba? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the question you're asking is for minimal buyers, what kind of upcycle products they can start looking at? Yes. Mm. Any recommendations? Siguro kahit um say category or types lang of these products that they can you know you would recommend to buy. Well, I, I think I, I would need a bit of clarification on the what what does minimal lifestyle mean? Yeah, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's this um probably let's just say you're they're starting out and they want mm. to like um patronize upcycled products what would you recommend for example for those who are starting out to patronize these products <laughs> yeah so i i guess for for me i i would definitely plug in Clue. so that's definitely one of the things we do is that we work with communities in need we're able to transform their plastic waste into high value products so right now um we are in the we're developing our one of our first collections to come out so just stay tuned for that we'll be looking at what products we can release to the public so that you can consume. But for now, uh, yeah, just stay tuned for any updates on our end. What about you, Julia? I think for the minimalist buyers, siguro ang sinasabi niya is like the design. I don't know, or like minimalist type of thing. But siguro they can start with Echo Bags. I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it's really the first step to like zero waste because a lot of people, um, a lot of uh, groceries and different malls still produce plastic bags and if you could bring your own echo bag like why not right and a lot of echo bags right now um we'll just probably comment it down below um there's a lot of businesses creating echo bags from plastic waste or um like waste that can't be recycled anymore so again yeah 
Yeah, I, I think aside from products as well, you can look at different services. So there's lots of delivery services that I see right now that make use of compostable packaging instead. So if you can patronize those kinds of services, for example, your next deliveries, if you're, for example, you have an online shop, maybe you can try to use those instead. So I'm not going to name any names here. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but as I think what you said, Julia, looking at products like eco bags and really trying to see what products are in your area and you can patronize because you know, at this point right now, we really need to support local businesses. You know, lots of people are really out of jobs right now. So being able to patronize you know, a small local business, even if it's for your family members, your friends, it really goes a long way. So yun, if there's any that meeting zero waste lifestyle that you're looking for, um, yeah, just feel free to look. I think Facebook Marketplace has a, is a good place to start. You can just see what you can find through there. Uh, those are really good points about, um, you know, supporting local, especially now that uh, even with this quarantine restru- restrictions, I think localizing is really the best thing that we can do. There's one more question. This is the last question, promise, that I will ask before we, like, switch to, uh, like, kind of um, give you your plug for your different businesses. So from Nico as well, can you give some piece of ad- pieces of advice to those people or individuals who want to start their business in upcycling? I think this is a very good question. <laughs> That's why I wouldn't want to not question this. <laughs> All right. Who would want to start? What advice can we give Julia? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Well, for me, um, I co-founded Cloop in my last year of college. So I was trying to juggle a lot of things during that time. So I guess, you know, if you if you're an entrepreneur, well, someone who wants to get started in the upcycling business. I would say the first thing you should do is just start, you know. For me, <laughs> I guess a lot of things you do learn along the way. You know, experience is one of the best teachers. So what I would suggest is just start. Try to see what you can do in your own communities right now. It's going to be difficult because we're in a health pandemic. But, you know, lots of businesses that are thriving right now did start in periods like this, in recessions, these kinds of things. So I would say, you know, I guess now is if you're watching now, I guess, and if you feel in your heart that you do want to start your own zero-waste upcycling business, this is the sign to start right now, okay? I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, just starting will really, you just learn a lot along the way. I think Julia can really attest to that as well. <laughs> I really agree with that, Glenn. Like, again, if you have an idea to start something, like any business, especially this upcycling, that's really nice and we will fully support you because we are in need of more upcycling and sustainable businesses. And again, we're here to support local. So if you're going to start your business, there's a lot of people out there that will support you. And again, another piece of advice maybe is aside from learning from our experiences, maybe you could research on how you could upcycle the products that you already have. For example, if at home you have more paper, like you could just research on that. Like, you could start with what you have already. So you don't really have to, like, buy more materials or anything. Yeah. And to add to that as well, something I just thought of, what I really love about the upcycling space is that we all know that waste is such a big problem. One person can't just do everything on their own, which is why this space is very collaborative. Lots of different businesses like to work with each other. Like, I don't know, maybe after this, we could work together, Julia, on some kind of collaboration. Maybe other businesses, we do work with a lot. So that's something I would say is something you might want to look at as well. Try looking at different um, zero-waste stores or 
businesses near you and try to see how you can help them out. You know, in this space, collaboration really is key to solving the problem because if you're able to link up several different businesses and people, change makers together, you really can make a big difference. So that's what I would suggest. Look for people who can help you on your journey. Um, find mentors, support, join a community. I would suggest there are lots of online communities there um, for, for just about any advocacy. Like, for example, you will be do having sustainable package advocates. Yeah. Um, there are some other co- online communities I know in housing made from plastic waste. So there's a lot you can look at. So just join those groups, find a support system, and collaborate with people in this space. So much more you can do through that. Yeah. I, I would really agree. Yes, Julia? I just like to add to what Glenn said. Um, it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people. Recently, I've joined a Changemakers Workshop by Kids for Kids Philippines, and I really learned so much from there. And again, it's really important to be with people who are supporting you and supporting your the same advocacy as you are. And by there, you're going to learn so much. Like, like what Glenn said earlier, you could get mentors or other friends who have the same advocacy. And you're going to share different ideas and you're going to collaborate and that's from there you can start change. Yeah. I would really agree to both of that, being part of a community and actually being because when you are part of a community, we are with you are with like minded people. And so you encourage each other to, you know, move forward. So I think that's really vital, especially now um mental health or you know positive positivity and the drive to actually do this despite the pandemic and i believe you this is the best time to do it when you start a business because you have so much more time to do it right now less clutter i guess from all the you know um uh the time management issues that you have you have a lot more time now so please do start your business now so i think that's the last question i will have because you're almost time so with that, um, we'd like to call on. So for any last points, no, coming from Klub, you might want to share to our audience. Um, and any um, develop, uh, for example, any things that you wanted to share to our audience, how they can connect with you or how it can reach you. Glenn? Yeah, definitely. You can connect with us on Facebook. So you just add Klub Tech to find us out there. There's our logo. So if you can find our page, please do like it. We do have a lot of updates coming up in the next few days. As I said, we are launching by the end of this month. So just be in tune for that. Lots of things are going to come out for the next few months per clue. Uh, so just follow our page and see what's there. What else could I uh, say? Yeah, we are, If, for example, your community. If you want to set up a kind of um, clue system there, if you want to turn the plastic waste in your community into high-value products, I highly encourage you to message the page. Get in touch with us. Let's see what we can do because we'd love to work together with more communities and really scaling our impact and really fighting um, plastic waste and closing the loop altogether. So uh, next slide, I think I have one more thing to plug in. Yeah, so right now, uh, actually just last week, we released a call for interns. So if you're a student or fresh grad and you're passionate about making social and environmental impact, I highly, highly encourage you to apply uh, to be an intern. And there's lots of things you can learn from each other. Um, just go to the website here, tinyurl.com slash intern, tinyurl.com slash intern. You can find more details on the different, uh, on the internship program on our Facebook page. So yeah, like it as well. That's it for me. Thank you guys for having me on. I super, I had a lot of fun in this discussion. Really learning more about, about plastic waste and the textile industry as well.
All right. Thank you so much, Glenn. We've learned a lot from you as well. I think everyone, because of the comments and the questions, I think they would really um, learn a lot from all our panelists as well. So um, I'd like to call in Julia. Any last point that you want our audience to know? How they can support your advocacy? Just to comment on Glenn's internship program, I'm actually going to apply. <laughs> so ayun, guys, join so that we're all going to be together if I pass. So for Alpas, again, our Facebook page is shopalpasph and our Instagram page is shop.alpas. And I guess the last points that I want to give for this discussion is number one, again, change starts from yourself, although it is a collective effort. Number two, always have a purpose for your passion. And number three, always remember who you're doing it for and what you're doing it for. That's it. Thank you so much for having me. I learned so much from Glenn and Miss Wilby, and I hope you guys learned so much too. Okay, thank you so much, um, Glenn and Julia. So again, I would again I would like to thank you for your generosity in sharing your experience, your expertise about upcycling, and I think you know the audience have learned a lot and have picked up good points from the discussion, as in way more a lot. So thank you so much. So with that, um, before we end, I would like to call in um, Jonah from Atoani Biofac to share to us about Atoani Biofac's advocacy and how you can take part. And just like our guest panelists for today, how you can share your knowledge, be part of our next batch of panelists, or be a moderator like Harmony during the last webinar. Okay, Jonna. So hi, I'm Jonna. My background is in industrial engineering, but I am a passionate about sustainability as well. With this, I currently lead the partner collaborations function of Atuani Biopack and a product development function of Atuani. In previous webinar, we have shown these statistics for plastic waste in the Philippines. It's about 163 million sachets of which our guest panelists today from Club and Alpas is also trying to address. In addition to that, we have over 6,900 tons of bagas that is wasted daily. For those who are new to this webinar series, you might think, why am I showing you this seemingly unrelated statistics? But these are the problems that we are trying to address at the Tuani Biopack. We make use of agro-industrial waste, such as bagas, to serve as a new raw material in making sustainable biodegradable packaging to help reduce reliance on plastics. With this, in our own little way, we hope to spread awareness not only about sustainable packaging, but also about zero waste and sustainability practices, as what you have learned now about upcycling and on other sustainable solutions, which we will showcase in our next webinar episodes. With that, to anyone who wants to take part in this awareness, advocacy, and share their knowledge, social enterprises, zero-waste shops, manufacturers such as sugar mills, paper and packaging manufacturers, and zero-waste and sustainability advocates, we, we would love to connect with you. So we are looking for our next batch of panelists to learn from, if you are interested to become a panelist in one of our webinar episodes or become one of our webinar moderators, just like Harmony, who moderate our previous webinar, please feel free to send us a message on our Facebook page at Atuani Biopack or Instagram at Atuani underscore Biopack. Or you can also join our community of advocates through our Facebook group, Atuani X Sustainable Packaging Advocates where we organize webinars such as this, community online events, collaborations, discussions, 
as well as share first-hand speaker and moderator opportunities. Thank you, Jana, for that. So still under Atoani Biopack, we are starting something new in September. We have this webinar series in August where we showcase you um, sustainable solutions through from um, experts. So in September, we will be showcasing a few social enterprises who want to share their story and how they started and what are they advocating and that we may learn from them as well. So you mentioned about, you know, the community and having like-minded individuals. So if you're a business owner, you have a story to tell and you your business advocates for zero waste um, and sustainability, then we would like to feature you on Atoani feature series. Just go to the link indicated here. Um, so that's HTTPS of atoaniphtypeform.com, T-O slash S-M-Q-D-O-Q-N-Y. So just go to this link. Um, we will be sharing it as well in the comment section. And we will be selecting from those who signed up some social enterprises that we would feature. So with this as a call to action, um, we encourage everyone to learn and advocate for sustainable and zero waste practices for the, to the people around us by not only you know, attending this webinars, you can always share this to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues who might be interested you know, to collectively take action. So watch out for more Atoani Learn Series episodes by liking Atoani Learn Series, um, um, Atoani's page, Atoani Biopack's Facebook page, at Atoani Biopack for Zero Waste and Sustainability webinars, and Atoani's Facebook page for agriculture topics at Atoani PH. So don't miss our next webinar. So actually have an upcoming webinar um, next Saturday, same time. So we will be joined by our panelists, Danny of Adeo and Lawrence of ACOM. So here we will be talking about how we can redesign sustainable communities under the new normal. And if there's something that you are interested, again, this will be live streamed in our Facebook page, same time next Saturday. All right. So with that, I would like to officially close this webinar. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for um, those who have shared your comments, their questions, those who have given their reacts. So we hope that you have gained something out from this. See you next Saturday, same time, and have a good night, everyone. Bye.